services and activities that, uh, that, that the world is part of that story. That wise men, or magi, came from the east. They were, that was a significant kind of uh, other culture, uh, whether that was in Babylon, as was, in the kind of Persian side, or even perhaps further China, there's sometimes speculation, or even from India, those who saw the star and journeyed to find the Savior. But also, very quickly, uh, that we read in the, the stories that Jesus and his family uh, fled to Egypt, south, uh, fleeing tyranny, persecution, um, the threat of death. And again, Egypt, uh, not only is a safe place at that time, a significant place in the, in the scripture stories. The Savior went there. That right in the heart of the Christmas message, God's heart for the nations. It's replete and comes again and again and again through the gospel stories, but is there clearly in our Christmas narrative. So I want to invite Dave up. Dave is, um, it wasn't so very long ago, Dave, you were rushing around upstairs with all the uh, young people. Dave kind of grew up in, in the church. And Dave, uh, you were here two years ago. And uh, tell us a little bit. I know you've got a video and you've got a few things you want to share. And then I've got some questions for you. So over to you. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm David Silence. Um, it's been my home church since I was about 10 years old. Um, now 28, so I think a lot of, a lot has changed over the years. Um, back when I was younger, coming to church, probably didn't really pay much attention. Um, probably some of you might remember you that. You did make mostly paper yeah. aeroplanes most of the time. Um, yeah, I was always a big fan of all the free food and games and tormenting my youth leaders. Um, so yeah, I just want to encourage any youth leaders or parents out there that if your kids are like that, you know, God can totally change them and then use them. Uh, so for the past five years, I've been with an organization called YWAM, um, which started as a way to engage young people in missions. Um, and it has a presence in over 180 countries. Um, and nowadays, still focused for youth, but it accepts all ages. So I've been working with 18-year-olds through to 70-year-olds. Uh, people just working in missions. Uh, so for the past two and a half years, I've been in Townsville, Australia, and Papua New Guinea, uh, mainly serving aboard uh, their medical ship. So they have a medical ship that uh, operates in the southern area of Papua New Guinea, uh, just providing medical aid to, to the locals, to the harder-to-reach areas. Um, so the ship's designed to go up their rivers. Uh, we have smaller boats that can deploy to basically reach uh, their doorsteps. Um, and then we send land teams uh, which go trekking with medical gear um, to deliver aid into like the foresty areas, um, rainforest and the mountain areas. Um, so yeah, I've been part of that about two and a half years now. Um, I got a little video basically shows what we do on the ship, uh, what I've been up to. Um, and the ship operates in Papua New Guinea uh, 11 months of the year. Um, and the video that you're going to see, it's just of a two-week period. Um, so it has a few stats at the end um, that just cover what we've been doing. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy.
smiles of Papua New Guinean faces reveal how many are overcoming hardships with courage and kindness. But for every 20,000 faces who greet us in PNG, there is only one physician. Today, in this remote area of Western Province, Waiwa Medical Ships teams are working alongside Middle Fly District Health Services and dedicated local health workers to deliver care. They begin in triage medical screenings for rural communities. Any needed lab analysis is performed by YWAM Medical Ships staff. Urgent dental care for children and adults normally happens in the top-notch dental clinic aboard the MV YWAM PNG. But today a field clinic is bringing care closer to home for this village. We're in a nice little village and we drive um, by boat one and a half hour. So it's my first outreach here on land. I was on the ship for one and a half weeks now. The people are very friendly and they are very welcoming. I think they're happy that people are coming and want to help them. <laughs> have a look at that chair. It's, um, you don't have really light. I'm working with the sunlight and as a dentist you really need light. So that's kind of difficult. But yeah, otherwise there will be no dentist. Volunteers provide care for mothers who often bear a heavy burden for PNG families. The baby had just crowned and actually came out. The cords around the baby's neck, so and actually just took the cord from the baby's neck. Father said, "Could we name the baby after me?" And, oh my goodness, I've got a baby named after me in New Guinea now. And prescribe the eyes as well as uh, I wrote referrals. Uh, when third time I visit in uh, Western Province, they really excited to see me, and then, like they was some of them they was crying and they hugged me with tears of joy. They thought that I'm going for good, but I came back. Teams today are giving immunizations for infants and delivering health education to protect the future leaders of this beautiful nation. I'm very happy that uh, you fellows are here to assist children as well as um, disabled people in the villages around the coast. I'm very happy. With little road transport across the province and limited airstrips in this region, accessing these communities by boat is one of the few ways they can be reached. Operating the MV YWAM PNG is no easy feat. Death crews serve around the clock to operate the ship and the small boats. Cooks and housekeepers take care of the volunteers, and engineers keep the engines, water, and power running. One day's efforts cannot meet the needs of this great nation, but this day could mean another chance at life. A reason to hope and discover that each life is immeasurably valuable. Today, we remember those who touched our hearts with gracious welcomes. The people who extended extraordinary help, the ones demonstrating heartfelt gratitude. They remind each of us why we began this journey together. So people can live, live an abundant life that matches the smiles we've seen today and hope to see tomorrow.
So, uh, Dave, you've been out there for a little while, and uh, you've shared a little bit of your story of how you got there before. But I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about what have been highlights for you in the last two years since we saw you, and has there anything been that's been really challenging? Yeah. Um, so, I guess probably the biggest highlight has been able to where we test for tuberculosis. Um, so, before I joined YWAM, I worked at Camden BRI as a lab technician for just over a year. Um, just had it as like a random job. Never thought I'd ever use it. Um, never thought it'd be like an emissions environment. Um, but just being able to use those skills yeah, in emissions environment, something I never expected to do, was pretty amazing. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, and also getting to do, they call it house visits. So sometimes when we go on land with the primary healthcare teams, sometimes there's someone too sick to come to the clinic, so we would go to them. Um, and there was this one day where we heard rumors that there was a uh, HIV uh, patient that was really sick, um, but unfortunately it was the end of the day, so the clinics has to close up, come back to the ship before dark. Um, so the next day, um, I was charged with trying to track down this patient. Um, so I took with me a couple of locals, and we got dropped off at a village. Um, all we had was his name and village location. Um, so we trekked to find this village. Um, turned out he got kicked out of his house um, because of um, having HIV. It's kind of a big um, taboo in PNG. Um, they can end up kicking people out of the village if people are found having it. Um, so it was kind of made it a bit challenging for us to find him. Um, but eventually we found him. Um, and he was actually living with his nephew. Um, and so there and then we got to test him for HIV, um, also test him for TB. Um, and we were able just to hang out with him, do education, pray with him. And he was so like grateful that we would spend the whole day just to find him. Um, so that was a, a, yeah, another big highlight for me. Um, just like, yeah, going after the one. Um, and yeah, just, just giving that time for him. Uh, it can be pretty rough working conditions. Um, sometimes you end up trekking through rivers, uh, probably a lot of crocodiles around, um, but usually you don't think about that. Um, walking through knee-deep mud, um, all while carrying a lot of medical gear, and then to sell up and work in clinics for the whole day, um, surrounded by a lot of people. Um, and as a leader, I like, have to like engage, uh, always put on like a, a happy face and uh, and that doesn't come naturally to me. You know, I'm quite introverted. Um, so being able to do that, um, it can be quite easy to let those tough situations like get to you, affect you emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Um, so just being able to like overcome those um, has been like a challenge that I've been over overcoming. What keeps you going? Um, so what keeps me going is definitely uh, like quiet times with God, getting that alone time, and just... Uh, yeah, just spending more time knowing who he is and knowing who you are so that when you go into like those tough and hostile environments, um, it, instead of letting those define your view of who God is, you can like let God define the environment and the circumstances. Um, so yeah, that's been super helpful, um, like coming into those places, knowing who you are um, and like being so grounded in that. Um, and yeah, I guess that only comes by just getting to know God setting time aside for him so that's been really helpful great um i know from one of your newsletters you're 
doing something new when you go back? There's a fresh thing. Tell us a little bit about what's, what's happening next. Um, so 11th of January, I'll fly back to Australia, and I've signed up for another two years uh, working in Australia and Papua New Guinea. Um, so I'll be doing very similar things to what I currently be doing. Um, so working on the medical ship, uh, working on the Y1 base in Townsville. Um, it's kind of like a university, so they do lots of schools, lots of training, have around 200 students on the base, um, so I'm involved with a lot of the training. Um, they run these, uh, it's called a uh, Global Health and Development School, um, which I help out with, so teaching community development, and it's all tailored towards third world nations, um, so helping out with that a lot as well. And how are you finding the leadership bit? Uh, what are these kind of young, well, you didn't say they were all young, but people yeah. coming fresh out, you know, they need some orientation, some yeah, kind of insights. kind of scary, um, especially on the ship, because um, we get about 50 volunteers every two weeks, um, and they're from, like, medical professions, a lot more experienced and a lot cleverer than me. Um, so trying to lead those, lead those people from various countries in the world. Um, and trying to like lead them well um, it can be a challenge um, but yeah definitely learning how to lead um, a lot more confident in that yeah. and what's the Lord kind of doing in your heart and mind as you I know you've committed to another period of time kind of how can we pray for you but what's the Lord kind of working on in you at the moment um, yeah I guess um, yeah he's, I guess he's building my faith a lot um, so when I first started YWAM um, like the entry course is called a discipleship training school and it's like a six-month course. Um, and at that time, I guess, I've, I felt God was calling me to do it. But before that, I made sure I had everything up front. So I had all my finances sorted out, everything sorted out before I kind of took that step of faith. Um, and when I arrived, I realized I was the only person that did that. Pretty much everyone else came with half the money. Some came with none of the money. Um, and I thought they were pretty dumb and crazy. <laughs> to do that, to buy like one, one-way tickets to a country. Um, but then sure enough, all the money would come through. And so this hasn't really been a one-off occasion, like time and time again. Um, I just keep on seeing God being faithful. And that's kind of helped me to take uh, further leaps of faith. Um, so when it came to, uh, before I went to Townsville, Australia, I was just praying with a group of friends. And they gave me a picture of a ship sailing around Papua New Guinea. Um, so I just Googled Papua New Guinea ship. First thing that came up was YWAM Townsville. And then next minute I was applying for flights, applying for the course. Um, and I wasn't really afraid because I'd experienced God come through so many times that it wasn't a problem anymore. Um, so yeah, God's definitely been building my faith, um, which has been helping me to step out and do more things. Um, so yeah, that's why it was quite easy decision to apply for another two years. Karen doing what I'm doing. Yeah. How are you coping with the cold at the moment? Uh, it's pretty refreshing. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's nice not to be covered in sweat 24-7. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the cold. So it's, it's good. And your short sleeves. We're going to pray for you, Dave. We'd love to pray for you. Uh, thanks, Chris, Phil. Anyone else, please uh, don't feel shy. Even just come to stand. And This is uh, Kath and Paul, uh, Dave's mum and dad. It would be great to pray them too with them.